I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fallout Bar here at Online Darts. Myself, Jack Gobby-Garwood, and Cam McFarlane is back. Now, before I speak to you, Cam, I promised you all in the chat room yesterday that yesterday's intro music was done, and that is much jazzier, much better. I hope you all agree. It sounded a bit cool then, Cam. Yeah, it sounded pretty good. I don't know what you played last night, but um, <laughs> not that not that I failed to watch last night, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you actually played last night. I, needed an early night last night after Saturday. Um, weird. The original Fallout Bar music was, was pretty good, and then we had a little bit of a rebrand at one point where we tried to update everything. It just ended up with some like 
dodgy horror music, I think it was. <laughs> and, uh, probably, yeah. probably, apt, probably apt for putting us two on the screen, to be fair, but... <laughs> I didn't say that. And hopefully no one else will say that either. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. Daniel is in, Colin, James, Tommy Tornado. Hope you are all good. Uh, I'm just about to try and share to let everybody know we are live. Um, interesting session, Cam. Uh, overall, though, let's talk tournament first round so far. I've literally just tweeted this myself. Uh, spoiler alert, if you knew how many had already gone out at this time yesterday. Um, we've only lost three seeded players from 16 so far in what was dubbed the most open match play ever at one point. Um, a little bit surprising, that I think. It is a little bit surprising. But it likes to do that to us, doesn't it? We like to talk up how good it's going to be in terms of we could see seeds falling left, right and centre and then they all well, mostly find a way to get through and make us all look like we don't know what we're talking about as usual. Yeah. Look, given that the first round is over now, and, and let's move on a little bit from that. We do like to hype things up a little bit. Not just us, a lots of people. And our openness on this been a little bit underwhelmed by the world match play so far yeah i think we had a had a session of not so close i think tonight was quite good actually i quite enjoyed tonight um there was drama there was an awful game to start us off let's be real but but it, it, you couldn't help but watch it yeah i guess and that I don't think you're ever not going to watch the World Match Play, are you? It's one of them tournaments that, that never, ever seems to lose its appeal, the venue, the trophy, the stage, and, and all of that going on. There is one more question I want to put to you before we do look back at this evening's games. Um, there's a lot of talk year-round about which tournaments the players want to play in the most. The World Championship is the pinnacle and then we're often told that it is the Premier League every single interview I've seen this week says this is the second biggest tournament on the calendar and at that yeah. point I'm like but hang on a minute we spent the other 11 months of the year going oh yeah the Premier League's the next one because it's got the money the travelling and, and 16 nights this is still the baby brother of the big boy isn't it Oh, of course it is. This is, you can tell how much it means to everyone that walks on that stage. You know, possibly I've seen a couple of performances that haven't been probably as as good as we would expect at this at this level and in this sort of tournament. But you've got people walking up there playing the first time. In, I mean, like let's be real. We all prefer this to the worlds as well. To be honest, it's it's our favourite tournament of the lot, um, which we can say while we're on this one here. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's, let's not say that one too loudly. Look, the world is just a completely different monster. But in terms of coverage, the venue, the crowds you tend to get in in Blackpool, the history of the venue, etc. I always think it's just going to hold this special place in the heart of of darts fans and and us guys and uh, the players as well. <laughs> yeah, players as well. Right, we're just going back. We're going to do the usual. We're going to look at, back at the last four matches and then we'll look ahead to tomorrow night's session. Uh, we have been given the running order for tomorrow. Just a few more in the chat room. Rose says, good session tonight, better than last night. Colin is in as well. Dan's back. He says, my first time being in here for months. Where you been? Yeah, Where you what's been, that? Mate? That's not the sort of thing we want to hear. 
welcome back anyway. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe he just can't sleep because of the heat and he's realised we're the next best thing to watch. Whether or not we might put him to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Uh, Boise <laughs> is watching somewhere, probably on the walk down the promenade once again, back towards his hotel room. And Laura's in. Damn it, guys. Logged on to prove to Maisie there was no show tonight because of the dark. And there you are. Yeah, look, no... Um, What's no I live now? Live no live either. Okay. You've only done it every week for the last two years. Yeah. No live lounge is obviously eight to ten every single Monday. Um, but we do do a fallout bar for every major tournament. So anything that runs for a week long, we'll be here at the end of play for every single match, every single session, apart from the final session, because we will then look back at that in the corresponding live lounge it all gets a little bit confusing but basically we're here and we're here to talk darts for about the next 45 minutes if you've logged on why is Maisie still awake first of all she's skipping school now she won't go to sleep you're a bad influence no live lounge tonight but we heard the live lounge music yes chris the unofficial live lounge music because we refuse to pay for the license to use it um but a very very good um, segue, thank you, Mr. Boyce, into the first match of the night and the first walk-on. And the sarcasm is going to be lost every single time now I talk about Chris Dobie and wanting to listen and see his walk-on because, Cam, it's gone. That, that nonsense is gone. The Hollywood, get out, get out, Manchester United, as Alberto Moreno once famously said. And he replaced it with... The unofficial live lounge anthem, All of the Lights by Kanye West. What an amazing start. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of the greatest walk-on songs there's ever been. I mean, I just get Kelbrook goosebumps as soon as I hear it every time from back in the day. And I think it's not lost nothing as a walk-on over those, all those years that Kel used it. And now let's, it's good to have it in darts as well now, isn't it? He's literally gone from one of the worst walk-ons in the sport to my top five instantly just by using that song. Yeah, that, That's what he's done Absolutely. to me. Straight in there, bang, perfect. I don't care if the crowd are singing along, whatever. If I'm the player stood there hearing that go in, oh, mate, just awesome. Anyway, right, we've waffled for eight minutes and we haven't mentioned a single dart so far. Um that's about as good as it got for Chris Dobie. Is that because we're not talking about what this game was actually like to watch? At the second interval, there was a lot to praise Chris Dobie for. His scoring power was absolutely excellent. Uh, he was taking out clutch finishes when he needed it. Um, he found his range on tops a lot, lot quicker than Rob Cross did this evening. And double 16 was obviously working for him as well. After 10 legs we thought perhaps this was the performance that Chris Dobie has promised us for so long to move to that next step, to start bridging the gap towards that top 16 where, look, he clearly has the ability to be there. It's just getting his results when it matters, when he does reach these TV events. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you slightly. I actually was a little bit un underwhelmed by Dobie up to that point as well. He, yes, he was 8-2 up, but he was not playing particularly well. And I... He was doing okay. He was doing what he needed to at that point, but that possibly him not sort of raising to the level we know he can play at as well, because he is the very, very talented player. Gave Rob Cross a bit of hope, I think, even at eight-two down. That 
I'm not out of this because I don't need to raise it up to 105 here. Like getting it to mid 90s is going to be enough to get me back in this game. And I think though we could have put him away a lot earlier, and it, we wouldn't have seen that come back. Yeah, flip side by not putting him away a lot earlier, he did leave Rob Cross in the game. Cross up this game five six points maybe something like that after that yeah. second interval. Wasn't was overly was spectacular, and he'll be the first to tell you that. But he just did enough to start putting Doby under pressure. And once you get one, two, three legs on the spin, when there's that threat of that comeback, Doby kept two legs away. To keep being kept two legs away is so so important. Yeah, if he's one exactly. leg away, then any little mistake plays on the player that's chasing, and the other guy just knows that half a good leg, and they're in prime position. Two legs away. It's just key. It just keeps you in that match and, and crossed it that perfectly for five, six legs on the spin. Yeah, it did. It did. And that, that was the thing. It was exactly what I said. Uh, I was messaging my mate halfway through it and I just said to him, I said, the longer he can keep him at two legs away, the more and more that Dolby's banging trouble here. And he managed to do it for six legs to get back level. And at that point, for me, I even though Dolby then threw in a ridiculous 11 dollars out of nowhere, I still just, for me, I just fancied Cross was going to get over the line at that point. Yeah, I don't think you would have been the only one, but that 11 dart, there was just a glimpse, wasn't there, that maybe Doby had just found something just out, and then his first dart completely deserted him once again when he needed it most. Yeah, and that's it. Just, just one, that leg, one, two legs earlier, and he walks off that stage as a winner tonight, 100%. It was just, at that point... It was just a little bit too late to spark him unless he went and threw in another one because I think he still just fancied Rob to hold his throw from there and be the one that was more likely to get a break. Indeed, indeed. right. You guys know the drill. By now, let's hear from Rob Cross in his post-match press conference. This is just a small clip of what he said in full to the teams they're reporting. If you do want to watch that clip in full, head over to our YouTube channel at the end of the show or once you finish watching or listening back to us, and you'll be able to find interviews of every single winner this week. Uh, first up, though, here is Rob Cross. Get myself right, and if I get myself right, I'm not bad at this game. I can do great things. Yeah, I think so. I think I, it's more for me. I'm, I'm in a good place. I'm, I'm playing the game all right. I practiced lovely tonight. I had no excuses to start like that. Really didn't. I know it sounds harsh on myself, but that's where it is. It's, it's, it's not good enough. You can't start any game like that. You can't. You can't afford it. Not with these players now. They're they're all brilliant. But at the end of the day, I will. I thought we weren't going to get an end of the day. That it's. You always get an end of the day. Always. The signature is three o two in six. One six two. One forty for Rob Cross at yeah. the end of the day. But look, I think he speaks really well. He looks like he's in a much better place right now, Cam. He has clearly struggled for the last couple of years. Let's not forget though, he did go and win this title. 2019 with his B game. Yeah, he's, he's capable of doing that again. And look, we, we, off we the back of another comeback as well. Just off <laughs> the back of another comeback against Chris Dobie in the first round. Yeah. I, I did see um, Daryl Gurney tweeted, "I'm having flashbacks." Oh, yeah, no, I was <laughs> a big fan of that. I was, I was really a fan of that because Daryl doesn't really show an awful lot of character. I think away from the hockey, but I, I was really, really uh, impressed with that one. Um, but yeah, Rob Cross does progress and stays in the hunt in what is a little bit of an open section or, or a section that we identified as being quite open before the tournament started. Uh, next up, though, is the 
Portuguese man of scores, Jose de Souza, uh, defeated Gabriel Clemens, the German number one, 10 6. In, frankly, I'm going to be straight up honest, a much, much better game than I expected from these two. It was one that I completely ignored in my own accumulator this evening. You, <laughs> uh, I was speaking to my brother, who I, who I live with, and I was like, he's like, oh, which game? haven't you put on when I said it's just a three-fold tonight? I was like, this one, because it could be absolutely anything. These two could rock up and throw mid-60s averages. They could rock up and throw 110 averages. They could throw 46 180s between them. They could throw nothing between them. You just don't know what you're going to get with these two. And actually, I think they delivered a pretty good game for the most part. But once again, Gabriel Clemens falls short on a TV stage. Yeah, I thought this one actually was probably slightly better than what the averages say to be honest it, it felt better watching it um thought we saw quite quite a few 180s in there and both there was a lovely little three back to back early on as well which just got kicked it off to a good start and we just thought gonna see see a good performance and i don't really think clemens did a lot wrong i know he's come up short but i thought jose just played very well and just kind of kept him at arm's length for the most part um I was I was quite impressed by Jose today, and it's not something I've always been, and it's not and he, I don't know whether it was just the way it fell for him today, but I don't believe he miscounted. Um, he did leave twenty two at one point, which I don't imagine was was deliberate. I don't think that one was intended. He left. 38, but that was off 95, so he didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And he also had the bogey, but that was off a deflection as well. Uh, both were yes, I, think, I don't know whether he's been working on that, but there were a few times where we've definitely been on numbers around the low three. Uh, he miscounted or... one time. He was on 54. Uh, no, Maybe it was the 22 that he left. One, yeah, one, two, one. He went 25, yeah. single 20, and then fired it into the treble 18 instead of staying. Yeah, that one, but I think other than that, I think he was—he just seemed a little bit more like he knew where he was going on on shots and and leaving the right numbers, like leaving the 170 rather than being on 169 or one whatever else he may leave sometimes when he just forgets about it. But I don't know whether he's been working on that or whether it was just—I don't know what it was because. It's one of those, I, I mean, if he's got it right up there tonight when it's 800,000 degrees and it's the one night where you'd probably give him a bit of credit where if he went, yeah, well, it's, it's hard to concentrate in that in that sort of environment. But no, he seemed like he was pretty switched on, but I suppose he is He is from Portugal. He probably is a little bit more used to this sort of temperature than, than the rest of us might be. It's a bit more, it's a bit warmer in the Algarve than it is in uh, Costa del Blackpool. Uh, traditionally, um, however, it's absolutely roasting here, there, and everywhere at the minute. The temperatures are ridiculous. It's still somewhere around 30 degrees in various places in the UK right now. It is absolutely ridiculous. But you don't need me to say that because pretty much all of you are experiencing the same, unless you're listening to this from abroad. Uh, numbers wise, Cam, look, like you said, pretty even match. The 136 from Jose was spectacular given that he just had a bounce out for tops tops in the previous leg that just extended yeah. that little bit longer. And if Clemens goes on to pinch that leg, 9-7, Clemens darts, completely different point, uh, completely different match at that point, especially after Clemens has missed six at it as well to extend it. 
one for his hips, superb. Yeah, well, well, that was it. Yeah, I mean, that was one like where he said he probably didn't do a lot, and we, he did miss three on the way. I mean, there were three very well-thrown darts at double six. I don't know how they didn't, that la especially the last one when he had two markers to aim at, how it ended up in the middle and not gone in. I don't know. But then, yeah, Jose just rocked up there and, and just finished it off. I mean, I think Jose's reaction to the to the tops, tops bouncing out, to be fair, was, was quite good. He just went, ah, fair enough. Like, it happens and just crack on. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with that from Jose. Let's hear then from the special one in his post-match press conference. Yes, I, I think so. Uh, uh, I work for very hard for that. Uh, I hope the fans understand me. Uh, I was passed, or I passed difficult moments in this year. Um, I, last week I was sick with fever and you know I have small rocks in my, how you call it, um, you know, I feel a lot of pain and I try to to play darts. It's really difficult. Now I'm okay. My fans, don't worry, I'm okay right now. Uh, but I'm still working, you know, um, I'm still working hard to be the world special man. And that's what I, I want. To be the world special man. If I if I can do that, you know I can beat. It doesn't matter the player I have uh, in front. You know, I can I can beat everybody. So. I like that from Jose, and actually, yeah, must have been working on his English. That is one yeah. of the most clear interviews I think I've ever seen from from the special one. Yeah, I'm quite impressed with that. I'm also very... I really like now calling kidney stones little rocks rather than, <laughs> rather than kidney stones because it just makes it sound... sound ah, it's not too oh bad. I've just got, just got some little rocks. Um, but, yeah, maybe having a fever last week helped him as well because the temperature might have just felt the same as what it felt when he was practising at home last week. Yes, but it is the Portuguese man of scores or the special one. Now, one more thing, actually. Having a nickname of the special one when you're on the rise... Brilliant. People are scared of you. When people aren't scared of you anymore, it puts a little bit more of a target on your back, doesn't it? You've got to live up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, but like you say, he's, he's just thinking about doing that and he's focusing on, on being the special one and, and being as good as he can be and thinking, well, I am the special one and I can beat anyone. And I mean, we've seen it. He can. <laughs> Indeed, on to match number three then. And I'm pretty sure these two never fail to deliver a performance from, from at least one of them whenever they meet. Um, superb from Gerwin Price in the end, though, getting over the line. The world number two right now? World number two right now, former world champion, uh, looking at the match play title to his collection. It's one of those that he doesn't have as yet. Pushed all the way by Martin Schindler, but... Afterburners came on exactly when Gerwin Price needed them tonight. Yeah, they did exactly that. I mean, he was banging trouble in this game for a little while. Martin Schindler was playing some fantastic stuff, which we've seen from him this year. The guy's in, in the form of his life and just looks like he doesn't fear anyone right now. I think he just kept coming back at him every time Gezi threw something at him. He came back, but, but those last sort of five, six legs from Gezi were hugely, hugely impressive when he needed it because I think he was, I think, I 
so it just before it ended i'd know it probably dropped a point or two right at the end but it was about 116 for a, with about two visits to go i think so really good really really good from him and if he can find that again he's gonna be very very difficult to beat yeah early part of the match i thought it was under it a little bit shouldn't have possibly had an opportunity to lead at that first at that second interval that second interval was pivotal at the first interval someone's guaranteed to be ahead but if you can pinch a lead at the second interval it means you've broken your opponent one way or the other um to go into that one Shinda might have been a little bit disappointed to be level at that point but the, the thing that changed this match was the back-to-back 11 darts from Gerwin Price yeah. just, you, you can't live with that at that point you've got to go 12 or better on your own throw nine on, on your opponent's throw it's just not going to happen is it no, not very, not very often, at least. Um, and yeah, it was just just a magical couple of legs that just just propelled him into the lead for the for the first time. Really, that he got away. Um, I don't think he'd been had he been in front before that. Not since early on in the game. I don't think, at least, um, if at all. And I think that was just that final chance where he really sort of just put his authority on the game and you just thought it was probably the only time that you thought he's actually going to he's definitely going to win this yeah. and perhaps importantly the reactions were back a little bit he seemed to be a little bit more pumped up tonight whether or not that was for Schindler's benefit for his own benefit for the crowd's benefit who by the way did boo a little bit uh, on his walk on um, as per um, he just seemed to go through those motions that we're used to seeing go and Price go through a lot more tonight. Yeah, we got one in the first leg, I think, didn't we, from him. It was straight away he was pumped up and he was up for it and he looked like he yeah, he, he was sort of back to his sort of intimidating best where you know that when he hits a shot he's going to get the, himself going, the crowd going and it's just puts that extra little bit of pressure back on back on the other player to try and respond it does indeed a word then on Schindler who falls a little bit early having possibly the best season of his career he's a player that lost his tour card went and won it straight back again we've seen him go deep on Euro tours and, and pro tours this season there's a lot more to come from him now that he's, he's adjusted that action of his he's bought that dart starts it a lot closer to his face now rather than above his head it, it just seems really consistent and he's another player I think that is just waiting to have that that one breakout tournament where it just goes absolutely berserk on somebody. A bit like uh, Keen Barry did at the UK Open earlier in the year, and he'll just settle into life as a, as a top 32 pro in no time. Yeah, I completely agree. I think he's got everything. He's got the scoring power. He's got the finishes under pressure, like we saw with that one four one tonight as well. At that point, you're just thinking, is, is he going to do it tonight? Because... That could have been the win that just propelled him on, but I think we will see it from him. I think we will see him competing more and more. Could indeed. However, the player that we were here from in his post-match press conference is the Iceman, Gerwin Price. To be honest with you, as much as I should probably be thinking about it, I don't really think about it. I've been there. I've been world number one. Yeah, it's nice to be there, but as if I keep putting myself under pressure for that, as well as you know, the way I've been playing the last couple of months, then things are going to get tougher and tougher. But... Yeah, even if I don't win this tournament and Peter loses early on, then I get back there anyway, so no pressure. Well, I thought Chris Dobie was really good today, but then obviously <laughs> bonded towards the end. But 
Yeah, I thought Nathan Arsenal played really well when obviously everybody was against him. Joe Cullen, same, same, same with him. But you know, Luke Humphries was probably the best player in the world for the last couple of months, especially on Europeans. I think he won four of the last five. But then, you know, he went into the, the European two weeks ago into four, four pro tours, and then rolled into this. Maybe he should have took two of them off, and he would have seen a different result. So it's just probably playing a little bit too much and trying to balance it as well. Even though they're not playing Premier League, sometimes two or three weeks flat out darts is a little bit too much. Another player talking about the busy, busy schedule of darts at the minute, but it's something the players have to contend with. We'll no doubt discuss that once again on the live lounge next Monday. It's a regular occurrence and topic, and we will see how that affects the running for the rest of the week. Uh, one final game to talk about this evening, then, Cam, before we look ahead to tomorrow. We get a little bit more time to give some predictions as well, by the way, because me and Henry had to absolutely race through last night. And it is Dave Chisnell against Kim Hybrex, which was, it's not a game that many spoke about before this tournament, but it was it was sneakily good. Again, mid-95, 94, 95 averages. Checkout percentages were pretty similar. Um, big scoring power from, from both players. I really enjoyed this game. Yeah, I did as well. Um, mostly anyway, I, I backed Kim Hybrex to win, but other than that, I, I did very much en enjoy this game. It was it was a good watch. Surely that must be a record for the most number of breaks of throw in a match. So in the first round, at least, um, was it nine? Was it nine in the end or eight or nine? Um, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just. It was a really good watch. It was close all the way through. No one ever really got away. It looked like Chizzy might do early on. We got when when he went three one up. Just seemed like Hybrex didn't quite settle early on. I thought that winning the first leg was going to be big for him in settling and going on and possibly going and winning that game. But it just seemed like he got that first leg out of the way, but then Chizzy just fired back at him and raced into a 3-1 lead. And You kind of thought he was the one going on from there, but then, then, then it just became an absolute scrap of, I'm winning, I'm winning your throw then losing it straight back and it was yeah look, despite all the breaks i genuinely think they both handled themselves pretty well up on that stage when yeah. you consider a the heat be the last on in the first round nobody wants to be the last one to go out you've sat and watched everybody else play and see the perceptions that everybody has around these two players dave chisnell yet to get it done in a major final is is fastly approaching terry jenkins category in terms of major finals that he's lost and, and with that comes this reputation that perhaps he isn't the most solid at getting over the line or in those those nervy and edgy situations and Kim Hybrex's match play record is one of the worst there's ever been for anybody that's been to the match play as often as Kim Hybrex has been and I don't think you could say that either player really lost this match their opponent won it if that makes sense yeah it wasn't it wasn't a game of people losing the throw as much as the breaks weren't, no one was giving them away. It was just good, consistent power scoring from the other, taking the shots out when it mattered. And other than maybe the last couple of legs from from high reps, maybe I think from seven each, where he then missed two darts at double twelve, I think to to break possibly, no to hold, 
I think it was to hold, and then he missed a couple of darts at double in the next leg as well. Other than that, yeah, the, it was pretty solid from both of them. They both took the chances when they came, and I don't think it was a case of not managing to hold the throw. It was just it was just good play from the other player. Yeah, it was, and let's let's look at this section of the draw as a whole. And Rob Cross, Jose de Sazaga, and Price Dave Chisnell, all four of them will fancy their chances of, of getting through this section. Now, look, Rob Cross was clearly not at his best against Chris Dobie. We've already heard from him this evening. Jose de Sales are nice and solid, and Gerwin Price will hope that he has more gears. But that performance from Dave Chisnell against Kim Hybrex won't have done any damage to his hopes of, of progressing from this quarter of the draw. No, not at all. And I think all four are going to fancy it. Like, they're, they can all play better than they played tonight. But they all played solid enough, barring Rob Cross. But what an effort to get over the line. So I still think there was a lot to take from it for him, even though he didn't play particularly well. So he'll be feeling confident now he's got that out of the way as well. And I think they're all going to fancy a bit of this now. And the other advantage they've got is they will play again on a day that is significantly cooler than it was tonight. They're not back Might tomorrow. just help a little bit. After the draw, that might just help some of these players. Right, let's hear I mean, from... we know it's still, it's still going to be red hot in there. We know what it's like, but it's... For a place slight, called the Winter Gardens, I've never ever seen it cold. Yeah, no, it's, it's the most ironically named venue probably yeah. that we visit at any point around the, around the calendar. Uh, right, let's hear from Dave Chisholm before we look ahead to tomorrow's section. You know what comes after this as well, guys. Get your predictions in the chat as we go along to start thinking about who you think will win tomorrow night's four games. But this is Dave Chisnell in his post-match press conference. Clouds. It's like you say, it's all in the day. So you what, I might lose a few stone here tonight. <laughs> it, it, look, it looks warm up there. Was it as bad as it looked? Well, for me, it was really hot. And um, for Kim, I was talking to Kim in the, um, in the break and he says, it's not that warm up there. I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Like I said, I could, only for the towel, I, probably, I could have fainted about three times. But we just got to get on with it. It's, it's part of the game. The first bit of that, Kim Pat was playing the odd mind game, saying it's not the hot. The second bit, though, serious concerns about player welfare if she's yeah. going to say I fainted without a towel. Yeah. Um, I, I did think, though, watching it, to be fair that Kim didn't look to be sweating the same way that every other player we saw up there was. And, I mean, Belgium's probably slightly warmer than here, but I, I still don't... It's not... It's hardly the Caribbean, like... But, this spent yeah, the last three weeks acclimatising in Benidorm or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, then again, he might not have been in such a good state. One of my, one of my good friends at work today was back from Benidorm. Um, he was not not well today, so yeah. I don't think he I don't think he'd have handled it up there today. <laughs> right, let's look ahead to tomorrow. Then four games in the second round for you. I am just first of eleven tomorrow, so a slight increase, but we still get four matches in the session. And before we do do that, make sure you check us out on social media on Twitter at official ol darts, same on Instagram and on Facebook, at, uh, just online darts. We keep up with all of our match reports, uh, links to all of our player interviews on there, and all of our coverage throughout the week here at the Betfred World Match Play, including Phil Bars live from the venue, 
with his preview of every single session and a cheeky couple of roller coaster emojis. You can tell that we are in Blackpool time uh, this year. Right, let's look ahead to tomorrow night session then. Uh, just check. I've gone one too far there. Is that the same order? It is. Let's do it on this screen then. First up, Roby John Rodriguez takes on the man defending winner's prize money here, Dimitri Vandenberg. How do you see this one going? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I told everyone that would listen to me that Roby John Rodriguez was going to beat Johnny Clayton in the first round. And I, I don't know why, but I kind of fancy he wins again. Um, we've not seen Dimmy at, at his best over recent times, and I think it might be a good time to catch him. I think it'll go pretty deep. Um, but maybe 11 9, Roby John. Interesting. I'm going to go the opposite way. Uh, I think Dimmy's got him, he's just a different monster when you put him up on a stage like that. I think he scores heavier than Roby John a lot more consistently. Uh, and when it comes down to it, I just back Dimmy a lot more under pressure. Uh, so I'm going to say Dimmy wins this one 11-6 as well. I'm not even sure it goes that close at times. Tommy Tornado's got Dimitri 11-6, uh, as has Malachi. Uh, Sam's got Roby to switch on the star and beat Dimmy 11-7. Paul's got Dimitri 11-6 as well. No one's saying it's going close, interestingly. I was going to say, there's a lot, lot of people lot of people going with 11-6 there. Yeah. The Heat must be doing something funny to you. Not everyone else watching. That, that's my decision from now uh, Well, <laughs> as, you, as you saw at about 4 o'clock on, on Saturday afternoon, it certainly had done at that, at that point. Yeah, I think you might still be struggling from that. Uh, on to match number two and one that I might have to watch from behind my hand because I'm not that confident after the way they played in round one. Uh, Jamie Quay takes on Nathan Aspinall. Uh, prediction? Um, well, everyone likes to write Nathan Aspinall off, except for me, generally. Um, as much as he liked to tell everyone um, the other night that after last night that he was... Everyone's writing him off, but he fancies this, and I think he beats James Wade. I think he beats James Wade. Not comfortably, because no one ever beats James Wade comfortably. It just doesn't happen, but comfortably enough, 11-8. I, I want to correct you on something there. I don't think anybody wrote Nathan Aspel enough. It wasn't, oh, he's, he's, he's finished as a dark no they, no, they didn't write him off. They just completely ignored him. <laughs> Potentially, because just of the form that Luke Humphries has carried over the last few months. Yeah. At no point did anybody expect, not even sure Nathan expected it half the time, to be honest, to go up there and do the job on Luke that he did in the fashion that he did. You can expect a tight, scrappy game where they both get going. But that match, for an awful lot of people, and, and even still looking at the result, was about Luke Humphries. And Luke didn't deliver. Nathan did. I don't think anybody's wrote Nathan off and said he's, he's never going to be a top 16 player again. He's, he's never going to do this and that. He's still on the comeback from a wrist injury. His form over the last 18 months has not been great by his own high standards as a as a former major winner and a, a World Series winner, etc. And as he's still trying to make that ascent a little bit, 
I genuinely think people just fancied Luke Humphreys to go deep, given the fact he's won four European tours this year. It wasn't that, oh, Luke, that Nathan's rubbish. And I think yeah. that, that is great for us, that, that Nathan and a couple of other players have spoken out about the fact they've been written off. They just they just weren't acknowledged just often in an, in the most open match play we've ever seen, as we kept yeah. billing it. You can't talk about everybody all the time. Um, so yeah, what scoreline have we got? Eleven eight. That's the one. Uh, Tommy's also got eleven eight to Aspinall. Uh, Sam says comfortable for the Aspinall. Five eleven nine for Colin. Eleven uh, seven for Malachi. Eleven nine for Paul. And eleven eight for Preston. Um, I don't fancy this one. I don't like the way James Wade has played at all since he spent that time in hospital. I keep going back to it before that. He was arguably the informed man in the Premier League at that point, and he has taken a significant drop. He's lost about 10 points on his averages. His scoring power just seems to have disappeared a little bit. Um, and in this one, look, I, I expect Nathan to score and, and attack James Wade that little bit more. Um, James just needs to hold his throw for as long as possible and, and stay in the match in, in a scrappy one. Um, and then he's got a chance, but other than that at the minute, I've got to give Nathan Aspel the edge, and I'm going to say wins it 11-8 as well. Uh, match number three, and this one's intriguing, you know, because you don't quite know which of either of these two are going to turn up. I was very, very impressed with the performance from Christoph Ratajski in the first round to beat Stephen Bunting. Look, it didn't set the world alight, but it was still solid enough for a player that, again, was perceived to have been struggling a little bit. Only the one Pro Tour title last year and he's had issues with his action against Peter Wright, the world number one and world champion who has been here, there and everywhere throughout this entire start of the season, but has once again promised us he's going to win this title. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Rasaiski got through the first round. I didn't think we'd seen enough from him. We've seen him struggle when it comes to playing on big stages. But fair play to him getting through there against a difficult players to play against. Like I say, he, did, he didn't have to be at his, at his best to do it, but it was still a solid result. However, I think this is probably a step too far for him at the moment. And I just think that we'll see Peter Wright perform again. And I think we'll see a solid performance from him that will just be too consistent for, for Brzezinski when, when it matters and I think probably seen win 11-7 I'm not sure it's the consistency factor I think it's just the X factor factor that, that Peter Wright is capable of producing sub 12 dart legs 3-4 on the spin that will turn this game at some point that's where I'm going with this because look, Peter Wright is still not at his swashbuckling brilliant best where he's going to go up there and average 107 for 11, uh, 19 legs, for instance. But he is going to go up there, potentially average mid-90s with a dark change at some point if he's struggling a little bit, produce something ridiculous, get himself out of trouble um, and, and, and continue to do what, what Peter Wright has done in the past. So because of that, I'm going to bat the Scott and I'm going to say, 11-7 uh, in the chat room what do we have we've just um, agreed with each other steady 
Uh, Peter Wright to win in a close game, 11-9. Maliki's got 11-7 as well. He's copying me too. Uh, Tommy's got 11-5. Uh, Sam says, big shock of the winter garner. I think Ratajski takes it 11-8. Uh, and Peter taking this one 11-7. I think Ratajski is playing better. I completely agree with that as we look ahead to the final game of the night and a repeat cam of that Premier League final, the one that Joe Collin was a dart away from being Premier League champion to go with his Masters title he picked up earlier in the year. Um, clearly things to be worked on for Michael Van Gerwen after his first round defeat of Adrian Lewis. But again, he's one of those players that can turn up, flick a switch, and come away with this as a winner. He is. But? But I liked what I saw from Joe Cullen. I really liked it. Um, and I just think Michael looked, to me, like he struggled a little bit with the heat the other night. And it's going to be even hotter tonight. And Joe looked relatively cool still and looked like he was all right in the in it. And I just think... He's got a ventilation patch on the back of his head. It does help. It does, <laughs> it does help quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you've done it like that. There's just no need, just no need to call it out. Um, but, yeah, hang on a minute. Sorry, you've just... Michael Van Gogh has got the most ventilation patch of anyone on the tour. Yeah, but there's nothing to absorb the sweat. That's what it is. I suppose, yeah. Colin's an outlet. That's, what, that's, yeah. that's the logic I'm going with. Okay. All right, then. Um, no, I was very impressed with what I saw from John. I don't know whether just because it is a bit hotter and possibly you've got a little bit more sweat on your hands and a little bit more than that. He just looked like he was throwing them slightly firmer than than sometimes we see from Joe, and they looked like they were going in the board a little bit better and a little bit more securely. And I just think it seemed to work for him. So I, I think we see him win this, and I think we see him win it. Then I go 11-9. Interesting. And I think the fact these guys play last will, will help both players. It will be, or should be, cooler by that point, especially outside. Whether or not that applies in the venue is completely different. Um, pace should mean that they both just, just go at each other. Great watch, Premier League final. Um, yeah. still... we've, seen, we've seen a few over the years between these two as well that have just been absolutely fantastic. Still incredibly cautious about Joe Collins' action, and if he loses his range a little bit, he loses his range a lot. And that will play straight into Michael Van Gerwen's hands up on that stage. However, I am being sucked in like you are, and I'm going to say 11-7. Joe Cullen. Um, Bold. Michael just didn't look right at all. It, it looked brilliant for eight legs against Danny Knopper in uh, Amsterdam a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. we've not seen him play since, apart from that game against Adrian Lewis, and it was not good. No. <laughs> there's, there's no nice way of saying it. That was possibly the worst game of the first round. Yeah, it's probably up there. Definitely up there. And at that point, if you, if you play that against Joe Cullen in the second round, the form that Joe Cullen's been in this year, you will get smashed. Yeah. Um, yeah I'm not sure I'm giving you the worst game of the, of the round. No. Maybe. Um, I, think, I think that was James Webb Martin Lutheran, to be fair. Averages weren't great in any of them. Or possibly, uh, or possibly the first game tonight as well is, is in the conversation as well. But at least uh, that, um, At least one of the players is over 90 tonight. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Tommy says Colin 11-7. Colin's got Colin 11-8. 11-8 for Preston as well. 11-7 to Colin uh, with an addendum that MVG said will cover his operation. 11-7 says Maliki. Uh, Michael struggled in the first game. I see that continuing. Colin to win 11-6. Revenge for the Premier League, says Sam. Uh, and one last question. How hot do you think it is in the building there? Uh, roasted. Yes, yeah. having, like having been there on a normal... <laughs> yeah, having been there on a normal sort of temperature night, I think in the, it is almost unbearable. And I, I can imagine that it will feel pretty much exactly as chizzy cold as feeling that you feel like you may pass out. And I think... It's going to be even worse tomorrow because it's going to be hot during the day. There's going to be no chance for it to cool down overnight. And he's going to get stuck in there once again. And look, Phil and Leah are in there. They said it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And they still got to wear jeans. Restroom <laughs> rules. No shorts. I love you, boys. Um, so, yeah. Um, brilliant. Thanks for joining me this evening. Cam, a nice quick hit uh, reviewing all of the action as we have finished round one of the Betfred World Match Play. A couple of reminders for you guys, as always, before we do say... Goodbye, good evening, good morning, whatever it is, wherever you are listening back to this podcast. Don't forget to check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok, actually. We're rolling around there somewhere with Phil Bars and his previews and a couple of clips from some of the interviews, if you fancy checking us out over there. Um, back again, once again, tomorrow uh, with another Fallout Bar, reviewing all of the action from the first half of round two. Uh, the live league returns on Wednesday morning. Champion of Champions Week is live. Henry, who joined me last night on the Fallout Bar, will be commentating and taking you through all of the action over the four days in Southampton. Um, keep an eye out for that one. That'll be live on our YouTube channel throughout the week, especially if your companies are still sending you all home because it's too hot to work in the office. A perfect excuse for more darts who can complain at that one. Um, and that's about it for tonight. Thank you very much for joining me, Cam. Thank you very much, everybody in the chat room for joining me as we do close out round one of the Betfred World Match Play. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you all tomorrow night.